I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we wanna know, but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi all and welcome. This week, let's talk about sleep with Alana McGinn. Alana is a founder and certified sleep expert behind Goodnight Sleep Site, a global sleep consultancy practice. Serving on the faculty of the Family Sleep Institute, Alana is also a certified stress management coach. A fellow podcaster, Alana hosts This Girl Loves Sleep podcast and has established the Goodnight Sleep Site to be the number one sleep resource for families as her and her team strive to help families and corporations to overcome their sleep challenges. She has been featured in top sources such as CityLine, Breakfast Television, Elle, and McLean's. With all of this, it's hard to believe that Alana has time to sleep herself. <laughs> Alana, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am this is like one of my most favorite things to talk about. I feel like a few years ago, I read, actually it's maybe more than a few years ago now, but Arianna Huffington's book, I think it was Thrive. I know she had a few and I was reading a few at the time, but I think it was Thrive where she talked all about sleep. And since yeah. that point in time, it's kind of always been my type priority to get a good night's sleep, even if I wasn't, you know, even if I was stressed during the day or not eating great. So I, I'm thrilled to have you here today. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. And yeah, I would say in the past few years, probably four or five years, I feel like sleep is finally gaining the same importance to an individual in terms of their overall health as say, you know, exercise and eating well, which are also so important. But um, finally, this one pillar um, is, I think, is just getting the, the recognition that it deserves. So I'm more than happy to spread spread the news about it. Yeah. And I, you know what I love too about sleep is it's like a little easier than going to the gym. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think anything's easier. Like than the one, the, the one pillar I can get behind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the one that we don't get behind as well as we do the other two, right. Which is kind of funny. True. True. Yeah. So how did you get into talking about sleep? How did you get into this space? So I started when, so my eldest is now 13. Um, and so good night sleep site started mainly uh, with sleep training and, and working with babies and with toddlers and with um, younger kids. Um, and I started this journey being a first time parent, you know, um, not really 
understanding um, that I wouldn't be sleeping well, you know, when you're your first time parent, you hear about it, but until you're in it and the baby's in your arms and you're like, yeah, I'm really not sleeping. Um, you don't really notice that it's going to affect you. So I started with her and started helping friends and then started good night sleep site. And then my second and third were t- are twins. Um, so launched good night sleep site when they were about 10 months old. And then doing that, uh, you know, growing the team, I had a lot of adults that were coming to me and saying, you know what, my kids sleep well, or my grandkids sleep well, but we're not sleeping well. So, um, you know, started my education and learning on, on adult sleep health and corporate sleep health. Um, and in the past six years have grown that division as well. So I like to say we kind of focus on helping the entire family because yes, kids definitely need to sleep well, and it should start there because when they're not sleeping, we're not sleeping. Um, but there's such a focus on and the importance of adult sleep health as well. And um, we are such a sleep deprived society for so many reasons. Um, So that's how it started. That's interesting. And so I want to ask just kind of like a few basic questions off the top. So most important, why is sleep so important? So what are the benefits we derive? I know I've heard some interesting stats around it, but I, yeah, I'd love for you to dive into that. Well, if we look at going back to looking at the three pillars of health, actually, let me let me start off with with talking about what happens while we're sleeping. So there's still more and more research and science behind and going on behind what how sleep does benefit us if, if that if you can believe that. I mean, we still don't exactly know what happens while we sleep. What we do know is that when we are sleeping and when we are getting good quality of sleep and consistent quality of sleep, um, there's a lot that's going on in our bodies. We're able to, uh, our body's able to repair itself. It's able to restore its energy. It's able to consolidate our memories. Um, It's able to kind of, you know, cement in everything we learned into our brain, but then also prepare our brain for all the learning and all the new things that we have to do the following day. Um, But when we do look at the three pillars, we're looking at sleep, nutrition, and exercise. I kind of look at sleep as the base of the other two pillars, because when we're not sleeping well, we don't have the energy to work out. We don't want to go to the gym. Um, You know, we're not making good nutritional choices. Our body isn't able to digest this food as well. It's not able to metabolize this food as well. We tend to crave more carbohydrates and more sugar. Um, So sleep health and the importance of sleep health really um, affects the other two pillars, which are also really important. So, you know, it's, it's important to really put a focus on your overall sleep health day to day. What is the one, um, there's a statistic I feel like I heard and I'm going to totally butcher it, but it's something like when you get X number of hours of sleep a night, it's the equivalent to if you were like intoxicated when you don't get, is that, right. do, you, do you know what that? I, I don't that have, is? yeah, I don't have the stats or the numbers, but they do say that uh, driving a car severely uh, sleep deprived, there is no difference than driving a car under the influence of alcohol. So that just shows you, yeah, it just, you know, it affects our cognitive ability. It affects our motor skills, you know, going as far as to say sleep deprivation is, is a, a, is a torture device. right? Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows you um, how much your body is affected when you're not sleeping well and not getting good quality of sleep. Mm -hmm. And so what is the ideal, is there an ideal number of hours of sleep? Does it depend on the person? Cause you kind of, I hear back and forth on, you know, if it's independent of who it is or that there's a hard and fast number. 
Yeah, I mean, the number that we're always hearing is seven to eight hours of sleep per night, right? On average, an individual should be trying to achieve seven to eight hours of sleep per night. We we all have our own personal um, basal sleep needs, though, our own personal baseline of sleep. So, you know, when we say seven to eight hours, that doesn't necessarily mean that perhaps you could function fine on six hours or perhaps you need nine hours. You know, everyone is different. So it is is definitely um, based on the individual person. But I think if you're trying to achieve a healthy relationship with sleep and and healthy sleep, overall healthy sleep or healthy sleep um, wellness. If you're trying to get consistent seven to eight hours, if that's kind of your goal, I think you're doing well. Um, but that's not to say, you know, if you're going less than that five to four hours, I, I have a lot of people that say, you know, I function fine on five or I function fine at four, but doing it for a long time. What can happen is the longer, it's almost like drinking, you know, the more you drink, your tolerance for alcohol increases, right? Well, the more you get the less sleep that you get frequently, um, it kind of affects your judgment on sleep. So you might think you feel well on five hours because that's just what you're getting normally. Um, but what's going on inside is probably telling you a different story. Right. And is there, is there such a thing as getting too much sleep? Because I also feel like, and especially during the past like year and a half that, you know, through this pandemic, I feel like there's been moments where, you know, there's probably a little bit of a link between like depression and sleep too. Right. And so am I staying in bed too long? You know, is what's the research show there? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that we're seeing, especially throughout the pandemic. Um, you know, it, we loss of sleep and lack of sleep doesn't necessarily cause things like depression or mental illness or anxiety or stress, but it can, it's, it's a circle, right? So it can heighten any kind of symptoms that you might be feeling. You know, we work a lot with parents who have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, and we see the difference when they're not sleeping well, as opposed to when they are finally starting to get good sleep. If you find that you are sleeping more than you usually do, um, you know, taking more, needing those naps throughout the day, maybe Maybe feeling like you're getting those seven to eight hours at night, but you're still waking up feeling really tired. You're showing a lot of um, excessive daytime sleepiness, um, falling asleep a lot throughout the day, or just feeling a need to just stay in bed and not get out. I mean, that's worth having a conversation with your doctor um, to see if perhaps there is something that perhaps is going on in terms of your own mental health. But then also if there's a sleep disorder like sleep apnea, that could be the reason, you know, when individuals have sleep apnea, they might be getting those seven to eight hours, but they're not getting good quality of sleep. So therefore they're still um, accumulating a sleep debt and still having a lot of daytime sleepiness. So if you feel like you're sleeping more than usual, um, it's worth having a conversation with your doctor about it. Okay. Okay. I feel like once, once a month to every few weeks, I have that night where I like need to go to bed at like eight 30 <laughs> and I sleep through till like eight 30. <laughs> It affects us all. I mean, I go through the same thing. Like, absolutely. (laughs) It's like that. I love those nights though, because you wake up so well rested. It's like that. I feel like I did. I did a good job on my (laughs) my sleep schedule on those nights. But how do, so we, I mean, we're living, we're not only living in this past, you know, year plus of a pandemic, but also even prior to that, we're living in a time where our minds are constantly racing. We have these cell phones that are constantly, you know, attached to us. How do we start to prepare ourselves as the night goes on for a good night's sleep? So what are some like tips and tricks? I know a big one that I've done is don't keep my cell phone in the bedroom and it has made a a massive amount of difference. So, but yeah, what else is there? 
Yeah. I mean, in terms of tech, you know, in my opinion, that's probably why we are such a sleep deprived society because we are always so connected and more and more individuals, even kids too, are are bringing more and more tech into the bedroom. So in terms of tech to prepare yourself for sleep, I I have changed my my tune a little bit on tech. So the old Alana, I like to say, um, really advocated on removing it from the bedroom. And I still do. If you are an individual who is really struggling with sleep, um, having chronic insomnia, having difficulty falling asleep at night or falling back asleep throughout the night, it's always the best thing you can do is get tech out. Um, So I still have a big stand on that. And I really do have a big stand on keeping it out of kids' bedrooms, Um, especially with our tweens and our teens. I think starting that from the beginning is always the best thing. So have a family docking station in your home where everyone can kind of plug in, stays organized and really do it as a family mission, as a family sleep goal. That being said, I'm also a mom of three um, and I understand those evening hours and like those are gold for moms and dads. I, I don't want to just say for parents in general or for any individual, right? That's when you're not working anymore. That's when you can get maybe caught up with some friends or um, on text because that's what we can do now. Or, you know, maybe you want to watch a couple episodes of a show that you're binging. This isn't me giving you permission to like binge till two o'clock in the morning, but if the way that we can alleviate some stress and anxiety that we are all feeling right now is by maybe watching a show that makes you feel good or, um, you know, texting with friends or having a Zoom call with one of your best friends um, just to alleviate some of that stress, I'm all for it. As long as it's not completely cutting into your bedtime. This, again, this isn't me telling you scroll on Instagram for two hours before you go to bed. So really set boundaries on what tech you're allowing in your bedroom. Um, Stay away from the news if that's really triggering for you. The news right now is like super triggering for so many people. You know, maybe don't watch the latest serial killer show on Netflix. Like set boundaries on what you're allowing in to your nighttime routine. Um, But I also think it's okay to like watch a show that just makes you feel good. Like one or two episodes, that's it. Um, In terms of getting ready for bedtime, it's, it's so important to really incorporate a great bedtime routine we do these amazing bedtime routines with our kids, but then we don't do them for ourselves. And it's hard to go from hundred to zero. So we have to prepare our bodies. And that could be something just as simple as changing into pajamas, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, brushing your teeth, washing your face, um, you know, reading a little bit before you go to bed, like whatever you want to incorporate into a nice, relaxing and calming um, bedtime routine, just to prepare your body and to get uh, to give your body those cues that it's time to go to sleep. It's interesting because I do think over the past, um, over the pandemic, it gave at least myself an opportunity that I wasn't always traveling and, and, when I was always traveling, it was like a new environment. I was never in any sort of routine, but now I've been able to get into like as much as you can of a bedtime routine. And I think it's really helped my quality of sleep. Like even simple things, like you're saying, like I have now a full pajama set. Like I do my face oils. Like I do my syrup, like things that I never did when I was traveling because I just didn't carry all that stuff with me. Right. Like, right. So yeah, I think that there's something to be said to that. Is there also something to be said? And I know I like that you're kind of giving some leeway in a bit to that is kind of our quiet time, maybe catch up with friends, but is it safe to say as much as we can keep the bedroom just for sleep, the better 
Yes. And I love that you said that. So your, our bedroom really should be for sleep and sex only. Okay. But what has happened now is with the pandemic, especially is so many of us are working from home now. So our bedroom has become kind of the catch all ring, right? It's, it's our home office. It's our kid's classroom. It's our escape. It's our entertainment center. Um, but it's really important to create that strong association between sleep and your bed and your bedroom. So I understand that you might not have a choice, your, your, your bedroom might have to be your, your home office, or you might have to fold laundry in your bedroom because that's just where it sits. Um, but just clear that clutter away before you go to bed so that you're not staring at work files. You're not forced, you know, you're not tempted to check emails. Um, you know, you're not kind of doing anything that's taking you away from weakening that association between sleep and bed. We also don't want to be spending too much awake time in our bed. Um, so, you know, you really should be only spending 85, 85% of the time you're in bed, you should be sleeping. And what tends to happen is that if we are having difficulty falling asleep at night, for whatever reason, whether you're suffering from chronic insomnia, so long-term insomnia or acute, acute is short-term, something that I've suffered from, something that you've probably suffered from, just you're just not sleeping well for whatever reason, right? Stress, anxiety, illness, whatever. Um, we're tossing and turning in bed or we're waking up at say three or four o'clock in the morning and now we're clock watching, we're tossing and turning, we're not able to That's go to worst. sleep. It clock is, right? the worst. <laughs> Here's my tip for that. Set your alarm so you know it's going to go off. And guys, use an actual alarm clock. Don't use your phone. I know everybody listening is probably using their phone, but I always say stores still sell alarm clocks. Um, But set your alarm so you trust that it's going to go off and you're going to wake up when you have to, but then turn it around. Like you don't need to know what time it is because that just amplifies your stress because then you start doing the countdown, right? If I go to sleep now, I'll get two hours. If I go to sleep now, I'll get three hours. Um, So turn the clock around. But if you find that you're tossing and turning and it's taking you longer than say 10 or 15 minutes to go to sleep, the best thing you can actually do is get out of bed. And I know that's hard to do at say three or four o'clock in the morning, but get out of bed, leave your bedroom and do a quiet and calming activity until you start to feel sleepy again. And then try again. Don't turn on every light. Don't check your email. Try and stay away from screens that are really close to your face. If you want to watch TV, make sure, you know, your TV's at a certain distance, but read a book, do a puzzle, wait till you feel sleepy enough to try again and then try again. So what you're doing there is you're starting to, again, work on really strengthening that association um, between sleep and bed. And you're not spending too much awake time um, Mm -hmm. in bed when you should be focusing on sleeping. Mm-hmm. I know my mom does the puzzle thing all the time. Yeah, <laughs> She'll like get out of bed and do puzzle her puzzle instead. Yeah, which makes sense. And I find my thing is more so getting up in the morning and being on my phone in the morning more so than at night. So is that just that's the same principle though? Really, it's I'm spending awake time in my bed. So really, like bring that onto the couch or something like that. But you mean bring the phone onto the couch? Yeah, like just get out of the, if I'm gonna be kind of doing that wasted time, bring it somewhere else. Is that? Yeah. Bring it somewhere else. So if you are going to get out of bed, um, whether it be at bedtime, cause you're having difficulty falling asleep or, you know, in the middle of the night, leave your bedroom completely. Cause again, we don't want to be doing something else, even in, in our bedroom, whether you're in your bed or not, that's not sleeping. Right. So we really want to encourage really, you know, walking into your bedroom and you instantly have that connection with sleep. Right. So you just get that, that feeling that might be, you know, preparing your When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Bed, bedroom more for a more calming and relaxing environment, whatever you have to do for that. But really avoiding spending too much awake time in your bedroom can really help. Yeah. No, that's really, that's a good point. Cause that, although I don't do the nighttime thing, the morning thing, and I think that's probably true of most things, especially now when we've been working from home, like we are not associating our dining room table with eating. We're maybe associating it with working. Like we're sitting on the couch and working. And then that doesn't, the couch space doesn't become relaxing and maybe entertainment time. It becomes work time. So we really have to be even more disciplined than ever with these like sections of our homes really. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about changing habits and habits get created. Um, exactly what you said, right. You're dining. That's where I do my work is my kitchen table. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. my office, you know, and, um, or sitting on the couch. Uh, so it's, it's just about changing habits. And I think something that I taught, I'm talking a lot about lately and something that I think is really important to explain is that whatever you're taking from this episode, if whatever tips you're going to take to put into what we call a sleep plan, your own personal sleep plan. If you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, I need to better my sleep. I'm going to take some of these tips and apply it, create that sleep plan, but you have to be patient with that sleep plan. So often when we're creating a workout plan or we're, we're creating a no uh, new nutritional plan, we know that working out once is not going to get us the body that we actually want, right? <laughs> Even though right. we would love that to happen. Isn't that? Yeah, exactly. Or just eating well one night isn't going to make everything better, right? We, you have to commit to it and you have to, it takes 21 days to change a habit. You know, you have to really put in the effort to see the progress and to see Mm -hmm. the progression. So it's the same with the sleep plan. You know, you can't just remove tech one night or get out of bed one night and expect your sleep to be fixed, right? So we have to put the same kind of importance and value of it that we would a nutritional plan or a Mm -hmm. workout plan and commit to that plan and be patient with yourself to see the changes. Mm -hmm. And what other things should be a part of that plan? I know you've talked a lot about the temperature of the room, what we've talked, you know, a little bit about weighted blankets. Can you tell us what other components of that plan would be? 
Yeah, I think a really important thing is creating the right sleep environment for yourself and really customizing it for you, whether you're sharing your bed or not, really customize your own personal sleep space. So whether that be your night table, your side of the bed for you. Um, So start always by clearing the clutter. We want to clear away the weights, the work files, all of those things. Um, But then what pillow works best for you? You know, a lot of people ask, well, what mattress should I buy? And what pillow should I buy? And it's hard for me to be like, buy this one and and use because it's so individualized, right? It depends on what you need personally. You might be more of a hot sleeper, whereas your partner isn't is more of a cool sleeper. So you might need more lighter fabrics, more breathable fabrics, more natural cottons and and linens and things like that. Um, Your partner might need more, you know, a thicker blanket. Something that's kept my marriage going strong is we both have our own comforters because we don't share well. <laughs> so I we done that. Ask, yeah, like some of the tips when you are sharing a bed. Yeah. yeah so you have your own comfort. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever works for you. You know what I mean? Um, so focusing on bedding, focusing on pillow, whatever works for you. And then give your night table that audit. What's on your night table that possibly could be those sleep busters, right? Tech, mm-hmm. remove the phone, remove the remote controls, all of those things. Um, maybe incorporating things like aromatherapy, create your own sleep toolkit. So things like eye masks, earplugs, snoring is the biggest culprit of why individuals aren't sleeping, right? So whatever you need to create the best sleep environment for you, maybe you need something like a white noise. There is tech that can help great meditation apps and mindful apps and mindful breathing apps that can kind of um, help. So I would start there, focusing on a great sleep environment, focusing on consistent sleep patterns. So consistent bedtimes and wake times are really important, but focus on going to bed. You know, with our kids, I'm a big advocate of early bedtimes, but for adults, it's really important to go to bed when you're actually feeling tired, as opposed to when you just think you should go to bed. Again, this isn't me saying, you know, stay up till two o'clock in the morning, but maybe you think I should go to bed at say nine or 10, but you're not, your body isn't actually ready to go to sleep until about 11. It's okay then to go to sleep at 11, provided you're sleeping well throughout the night and getting up when you have to. So focusing on those consistent sleep patterns. And then the other thing is just managing stress and anxiety. You know, we're all feeling it right now, myself included. Um, So it's important to really find what works for you to manage uh, those levels so that it's not causing issues at night because that probably is one of the biggest reasons why we're not sleeping well, especially now. It's just, you know, our our stress levels and anxiety levels are at an all-time high for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, talk about disruptors of sleep and you just mentioned the stress and anxiety. Is there anything else that, that we see are the biggest disruptors. I think snoring you said is, is maybe one of them, anything else that comes out, whether it's for adults or even for children. I would say snoring is, is a big one. Definitely. I would say probably the biggest is the environment snoring. Um, also we're seeing, we see, we're seeing such an increase in uh, the shift work community. So, you know, if you are sharing a, a bed in a bedroom, you know, if you have different sleep schedules and your partner, perhaps when you're going to bed, your partner's getting up to go to work. I mean, we can see that as a disruption for sleep. Um, but I would definitely say in terms of sleep uh, disorders, I would say sleep apnea and insomnia are probably two of the biggest sleep disorders that we're seeing, uh, that we see. Uh, sleep apnea often goes undiagnosed. So it's really important if you find that you, again, waking up tired. If you, it's, I, I always say ask the person sleeping beside you because you might not even realize that you are snoring, you are mouth breathing, you are actually stopping breathing while you're sleeping, right? It's the person beside you that's like, are you okay? Like, I think you should go to the doctor. So talk to the person sleeping beside you. Um, but I would say stress and anxiety are probably the biggest uh, disruptors in terms of, in terms of our sleep health right now, for sure. 
And I know you talk a little bit about a shared journal. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? So that is something that I use. We actually recently launched a tween and teen program um, because we are seeing such an increase in sleep issues uh, with that age group. Um, and a shared journal is something that we recommend as a great form of it's, it acts as a bridge of communication between yourself and your child. If there's something going on in your child's world and it could be at home, it could be at school, academically, socially, you know, they might want you to know what's going on, but they don't necessarily want to voice it. Right. Mm. So how we work with a shared journal is it's a journal where the rule and the understanding is that your child will write in it, knowing that you will read it. So it's a shared journal between the two of you. Sometimes your child might just want you to know what's going on in the world, but they don't necessarily want to talk about it. Just having, just knowing that you know is enough to maybe alleviate some of that worry, some of that stress and anxiety that's going on in the world. So they might write out what's going on with them and, and say, I don't want to talk about it. You have to respect that rule. I, I will say to my clients, it's something that I've actually used with my own kids too, is the only time that rule will be broken is if I feel, or a parent might feel that they're, you know, in any way kind of, uh, going to harm themselves or if safety is an issue or concern. Right. Um, but other than that, you have to respect the rule or else guess what? They won't write in the, in the journal or they might say, this is what's going on. And I want to talk about it. And bedtime is a great time. And this is, we have a saying at, at Goodnight sleep site called bring back bedtime because bedtime is the great time, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with yourself as an individual, or whether it's with your partner, where the distractions can be gone. We're so distracted throughout the day for, for obvious reasons. I'm not going to talk about balance because that's really hard to do. So, but bedtime is a time where we can kind of remove those distractions and connect again, maybe with our kid, maybe with ourselves, or maybe with our partner. And when we're reading that journal and we're hearing what's going on, then you can bring up that conversation at bedtime. And this can be where you start asking those open-ended questions and start having those conversations and try to work through what they're, what they're going through again, acting as that bridge of communication. Um, but I think it's important also for, for adults too, not necessarily to have a shared journal with say your partner, um, but use bedtime as a time to connect. And it doesn't just have to be through sex, right? It could just be mm -hmm. through conversation, through watching a show together, through whatever you need to do, or just take that time for yourself. That's a great time. If you don't have a partner, if you don't have kids, it's a great time for yourself. Or if you do have a partner and you do have kids, still use bedtime as a time where you can connect with yourself mm -hmm. um, through whatever activity you want to do. I love the shared journal. I think that's so smart. And even, I mean, journaling probably even to get your own thoughts off your mind, like, you know, even if it's, even if to your point, no one else, you're not sharing it as a shared journal. It's just journaling in general. Right. To yeah. Get all that kind of like mental. What are some other sleep tools on the market and, and are they kind of worth our time and money? So, you know, things like different supplements or light therapy or weighted blankets, like where should we invest and where, you know, maybe does it, does it not have so much value? So weighted blankets are actually a sleep tool that I do recommend if you need it. It's not to say a weighted blanket is the be all and end all for everybody. Um, but I think if you are having difficulty sleeping, if you are feeling higher levels of stress or anxiety, a, wake bl a weighted blanket could be a great tool. How a weighted blanket works is that firm pressure activates our nervous system, with which releases serotonin. So serotonin is our, our happy, happy chemical, right? That kind of allows our body to naturally calm down, allows our blood pressure to lower. Um, so a weighted blanket can be a good investment, but again, it's not for everyone. So, but it is a tool that I've used with myself. It is a tool 
tool that I've used with clients. Um, so it is a tool that I support. Um, light therapy, absolutely. You know, we're going into, you know, the days where the days are going to be darker. We're going to have less sunlight. Um, so light therapy can be a great device to help kind of keep our, our natural sleep hormone melatonin um, balanced and regulated, right? Throughout the day, we want to decrease our melatonin. Um, at night, we want to release it. So that light therapy can kind of help um, keep those, those melatonin levels balanced. So, you know, again, this time of year is a great time to kind of incorporate that. In terms of supplements, I mean, you know, melatonin supplement um, is, is really popular amongst people um, because it is so readily available and it is kind of looked at as almost like a sleeping pill, but it's not. And I think that that's, it's a really important conversation to have with individuals where it's not a sleeping pill. It's actually a, a natural hormone that we all have. It's very rare for you to be deficient in, mel in melatonin. The best way to release our own natural melatonin is to focus on our external environment. So it's really based off the light and the dark of the day, which is why the light therapy works. We want to keep the light and natural light going throughout the day, but then darken it at night. And it's the supplement that you get doesn't necessarily release or work as well. We don't know if we're taking the right dose. Um, so it's not something I normally recommend individuals to take if they're really struggling with sleep. I think it can work really well for some individuals, whether it be adults or kids who are taking certain medications. Um, if you travel a lot and going through a lot of different time zones and jet lag, individuals who are perhaps suffering from things like circadian rhythm disorder. So there is a place for it, but it's something that your doctor and conversation you should be having with your doctor, not something or a naturopath, not something that you should just kind of take off the shelf and take. Mm -hmm. A supplement that I really like to incorporate is magnesium. Um, I think Health Canada um, reported that 43% of Canadians are deficient in magnesium. So there's a lot of great food sources that we can get magnesium from, but it's a, it's a supplement that I include myself every day. Um, and again, magnesium just works to calm the body down. Um, it, it works again up for your immune system also, but that is the M magnesium or the M supplement um, that I would recommend over something like melatonin. In. Okay. And what about CBD? Is there, I know in probably it's more a U.S. thing than we see here yeah. as much in Canada. I'm not, I, I can't speak to that yet because I myself am doing more and more research studies okay. do show that it does work well in terms of allevi alleviating things like stress and anxiety, but there's not enough studies that are showing its effect on sleep. Now we can say that by alleviating things like stress and anxiety, it could play a role in bettering our sleep for obvious reasons. Um, but I can't speak to it quite yet. Mm -hmm. That again is a conversation to have with your doctor. I know it's more readily available in the States, not necessarily necessarily mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that is the conversation to have with your doctor or your naturopath. But I would prefer, this isn't me, you know, prescribing it, but I would prefer someone to take something like a CBD over a sleep, a sleeping pill, you know, okay. that we're seeing a yeah. lot of people taking that probably shouldn't be taking it. So mm -hmm. um, I can't speak to that yet because I myself am doing more research on it, but it is something that I'm seeing that um, more in the U S I guess right now. Yeah. 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 And what, so, you know, other things like, is there a correlation between sleep and connecting with the environment or nature? Is there a correlation between then my second piece of that is like physical activity before bed. Like I always feel like when I was a kid, I had dance class and I'd finish at like 9 PM and then, you know, you're supposed to go to bed at 10. So what, 
maybe we'll start there with the physical activity before bedtime. What what's the research show there? So our goal from the moment we wake up in the morning, our goal is to build a strong drive for sleep throughout the day so that it's easier for us to fall asleep at night. So physical activity is definitely plays a role in that for sure. And it's something that we should all be incorporating throughout the day. Um, You know, studies show we should be getting at least 30 minutes of vigorous activity throughout the day aiming for at least 150 minutes per week. Um, so again, make it a family mission, make it a personal mission to incorporate that. The times of day where you should be exercising, I think really depends on the individual. I would normally recommend focusing on morning or early afternoon, as opposed to right before you go to bed, because it can work against you. Some people can fall asleep fine after a great nightly workout. Um, but some people, again, it gets the adrenaline going, right? It gets your cortisol going. And that kind of works against that melatonin flow that we want to mm-hmm. really encourage at bedtime. So that's an, an, an individual response and depends on the individual. Um, but again, a great way to build that drive, a great way to wake up in the morning also is to, you know, immerse yourself in that natural light, get outside in that fresh air. It could be something as simple as a walk, a daily walk. Um, walking is my form of meditation. It's something that I've been doing as a teenager. Um, I'm, I think when we hear things like meditating and mindful thinking, a lot of people might get overwhelmed because they're like, I don't want to learn how to meditate, but I know I need to do something. So for me, it's just going for a walk, you know, listening to my favorite playlist, listening to a podcast, um, listening to an audio book, um, and then just getting outside in that natural environment. Forest bathing is a great um, natural way to alleviate any kind of stress. So forest bathing is a Japanese practice of just being immersed in nature, in forest, you know, in, in the trees. So if you have an opportunity to do that, whether it be, once, twice, three times a week, every day, if you can. Um, I think it's important to do that. Um, and it doesn't mean, you know, if you don't live by a forest, it's okay. <laughs> but just getting out in nature or, you know, having more, um, you know, talking about your bedroom, you know, incorporating maybe some plants or some, you know, terrariums or whatever you can do to kind of give yourself that nature feel. Studies show that it really does play a role in your overall stress levels and blood pressure and, and all of that. So, um, I'm a big fan of forest bathing. My kids always laugh at me because I love hiking and I love going in the forest and I will walk in. I'll just take a deep breath and they're like, oh God, here she goes. She's forest bathing. I'm like, I love it. It's like, it's like my favorite thing to do. It really my is. sister, I've, my sister does it all the time. Yeah. I would say I've only done it a couple times, but I can definitely, when I do do it, feel the value of it. Yeah. You feel um, it. Yeah. And it's really, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it's nothing um, that you really have to go in, in terms of like your actual actions at that point, you're literally just going into the forest and that's all it is. It was like walking through, maybe taking some deep breaths, but it wasn't like doing a seance in the forest or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's honestly as simple as just walking in the forest. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's the sounds, it's the sights, it's the smells, right? It's the feeling. So, um, so, you know, however you're incorporating physical activity, it also could just be going to the gym. Like it doesn't have to be in a forest, but um, you know, if you're looking to kind of building that drive for sleep, this is why having consistent wake times in the morning and then incorporating that physical activity is so important. So that is something that I definitely recommend. Something that I talk a lot about though, in terms of whether you're looking at it as a sleep tool or not, but you know, it's important that we really work on our stress levels and anxiety levels throughout the day so that we're not working on it at night. Cause at bedtime is not the time you want to work on that. Right. So something that I talk a lot about is what I call a personal pause. Um, so allowing yourself to have that personal pause throughout the day, and it can work in one or two, one of two ways. So 
like I said, we're so distracted throughout the day. We're go, go, go. We're in front of tech. We're working. We're doing this. We're doing that. And then when we get to bed, the distractions go. And that's when our brain just explodes, right? That's when every thought, every to-do list, yeah. everything just. Everything moves. you've ever thought of to do ever comes. Anywhere <laughs> that <point>. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so our goal is to, is to have those thoughts throughout the day so that we're not having them at bedtime. So one, one way you can do a personal pause is again, two or three times throughout the day. It could be a minute or two. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Go into a quiet corner and do some, maybe some mindful breathing. I'm a huge fan of mindful breathing. Um, there's so many different mindful breathing techniques that you can learn and do that are so easy to incorporate, but again, it takes time to incorporate. So Google mindful breathing. There's a lot of different techniques that you can incorporate. So maybe do some mindful breathing, some mindful thinking, just be in that present state of mind. The other way you can do your personal pause, and this is what I use for myself and a lot of my clients is, and it sounds weird me saying it, but allow yourself time throughout the day to stress out. And here's what I mean by that. We're going to stress that we're human. We're going to have worries. We're going to have stress. We're going to have anxiety. Like it's going to happen. So I would rather you work on that throughout the day. And again, don't sit there and be in a fetal position on the floor, stressing out, but go into a quiet corner and work out the thoughts that you're having, allow them to flow in and flow out. Don't sit there and let them ruminate in your brain, but it could be something as simple as writing out a to-do list, right? Right. Or just again, having those thoughts and working through them throughout the day so that when you go to bed, it's done. It's worked out. You got it sorted out. You don't have to think about it at two o'clock in the morning. So a personal pause, however you want to do it, um, I think is really important to incorporate throughout the day. I love that. And then what you touched a little bit on meditation, I've noticed when I do have the opportunity, which isn't definitely not all the time, but when I do have the opportunity to take 10 minutes and listen, um, to a, to a calming meditation before bed, my, or take a hot shower or something like that. My sleep is like leaps and bounds better. Um, so what does the research research show there? I mean, meditation in terms of meditation, mindful thinking, um, uh, bedtime yoga, any kind of relaxing activity that you can incorporate. I mean, the research definitely does show that it does definitely does help with research or with your sleep health and stress and anxiety for all age groups. And I think what's really important is that we also incorporate it into for our kids as well. There's a lot of different, again, again, a lot of the apps that you can download work with all age groups. So these are things that we can, you can incorporate as a family. Um, you can incorporate with your kids. If your kids are really struggling with stress and anxiety at night, there's a lot of different mindful cards and affirmations information cards um, and, and different meditation apps that they can follow as well. Again, that word of meditation, I think for some can be a really overwhelming thing, especially if they've never done it. Um, and if you're a busy individual, the thought of having to learn something, it, it just gets pushed off, mm-hmm. right? And you just don't do it. But the beauty of some of these apps and, and some of these resources that we're, we're allowed to um, have access to, um, it really guides you through it. So it doesn't cause you to have to really do a lot of thinking about it, right? It just kind of gets you through it. So, but like you said, it could be something as taking a shower, just being in a present state of mind. You know, the research is there that shows that that really helps kind of alleviate that mm-hmm. stress and anxiety for sure. Mm-hmm. That's great. So many great tips today. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> Is there you. anything, anything that we missed or any other, anything we missed covering? Um, I, I mean, I think, you know what, again, what, I'll just come back to saying whether you're doing it at, for yourself, whether you're taking it on as a family mission, if you are taking it on as a family mission, a family sleep meeting is a great thing to have where you all sit down together and talk about your sleep goals and how you're going to achieve them and how you're going to work together to achieve them. But just when you do put that sleep plan together, you have to commit to it, right? We all sleep. 
So we might not think that we need to sleep more, that we need to get a better quality of sleep. We know when we're not working out, we know when we're not eating well, but we all sleep. So, you know, take a step back and look at your own sleep health and your own sleep needs. And are you meeting them? You know, do what steps do you need to do to really make sure that you're attaining that great sleep health, put that plan together and then commit to it and give yourself Mm -hmm. time and patience to get through it. Mm -hmm. And where can we find you, Alana? Uh, you can find me at goodnightsleepsite.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm at GN Sleepsite. Facebook, Goodnight Sleepsite. We have an amazing adult sleep program. Uh, we have programs from babies to adults, from newborns to adults. Uh, we recently launched our adult sleep program um, and we do a lot of corporate health uh, sleep lunch and learns as well. Um, and you can find all the information at goodnightsleepsite.com. That's amazing. We're going to have to have you for um, a team, a team corporate lunch yes. or something about sleep. I love that. I love that. I would love that. that. Such an, the workplace really needs to kind of bring that in too. So really, really informative. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And we're looking forward to co- continuing the conversation on sleep online at Style Canada as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino, produced and edited by Alia Ballas. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music and was brought to you by Style Canada. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.